Hi, and welcome to the Food Navigator podcast, your deep dive into the big trends shaping the food and beverage industry. I'm Food Navigator journalist Oliver Morrison. Today, we're investigating the opportunity presented by the metaverse. Ever since Facebook's rebrand as Meta, we've been hearing a lot about this term. It's a virtual reality space in which users can interact with a computer-generated environment and other users. People can't eat or taste things virtually. But as the world becomes more digital, many industries, including food and drink, are seeking new and inventive ways to expand their reach and become more accessible to a new generation of consumers. How can food and beverage companies stand out by venturing into the world of virtual reality? And are those who are hesitant about entering the metaverse going to end up looking foolish or sensible? There's been a number of uh, different food and drink brands who are experimenting in the metaverse. And I think what's interesting is to think of the metaverse as a type of experience. People are there to um, look at, feel, uh, wonder about, have a social experience or interactions. So even though people aren't able to um, eat or drink within the metaverse as we know it right now, um, it's a great time for food and drink brands to explore what the dining experience could look like, sound like, feel like. There's a lot of open uh, interpretation for what um, the food and drink industry could be like in the metaverse. That's Emma Chu, Global Director of Wonderman Thompson Intelligence. It's just published a new report based on interviews with over 3,000 consumers and business representatives aged between 16 to 25 in the US, UK and China. Although awareness of the metaverse has more than doubled in less than a year, it concludes, understanding how it works remains low among those surveyed. But despite being unable to explain the metaverse, consumers believe it promises to impact our lives significantly. And among those who know what the metaverse is, two-thirds think it will be life-changing, with 74% stating it is the future. We're starting to see certain brands dabbling in this space. Um, Coca-Cola being one example. Um, they've been inspired by the digital world and they launched a pixel-flavoured beverage uh, in real life. But also the idea is that it was inspired by the metaverse, by the digital uh, realm. And alongside that uh, physical release of uh, the pixel flavoured beverage, they also um, had a branded uh, video game experience within Fortnite called Pixel Point. So that's one example where they're bringing the virtual and real world together and finding inspiration from both sides um, another example I have is another drinks example where Miller Lite, um, during the Super Bowl campaign, uh, they had it exclusively within the metaverse. So they opened a virtual bar within Decentraland where they invited people to kind of hang out in their virtual space and, as they call it, have uh, Miller time uh, during that, that uh, time. Uh, and then uh, one last example I wanted to mention here is uh, Wendy's. They opened a virtual restaurant, which they coined uh, Wendyverse, and they use Meta's um, Horizon for that. And that was just a recent uh, launch um, in April this year. But 
you know, alongside all of this, we're also seeing a lot of brands such as McDonald's and um, Panera. They're filing trademarks for virtual assets and virtual worlds. So I think a lot of food and drink brands are already exploring what they can be doing within this space. And I, I get kind of why they're doing it. They're, they're, they're seeking new and inventive ways to stand out and expand their reach and become more accessible to a new generation of consumers. What, but what do the consumers get out of this? So a lot of this comes from gaming experiences. If we look at why the metaverse has really propelled and accelerated at this time, it's because our connection with technology has really accelerated and we're relying on technology in more ways, uh, whether it's for social experiences, whether it's for um, work or health. Uh, we're turning to technology for a lot of these things. And Gaming has been a large element because of the key mechanisms that's involved in it. So a lot of platforms that we're engaging with in, uh, you know, in the in on the internet is very passive. Um, so you know, social media, as we know, it, is quite a passive experience. Um, but when you're gaming, there is that sort of two-way element where you're part of it. You're actually participating. Um, you're creating. You're not just hanging out in this world. You're actually doing something that impacts the world as well. So with that in mind, you're actually thinking about creating digital experiences that are far more intimate, relatable, personalized. Um, so why wouldn't a brand want all of these uh, to connect better with their consumers and you know, prospect consumers as well? What else can you tell me which perhaps a lot of people might not yet understand what are, what are, what are nfts <laughs> um yes yeah, so a lot of questions around um different aspects of the metaverse and i think nfts is just one part of it so nfts are uh, non-fungible tokens and you know just that doesn't really mean much for many people um but essentially they are digital certificates of authenticity that will form the basis of digital ownership. So we're hearing more and more about virtual possessions, digital assets, and NFTs are an example of one-of-a-kind protected um, digital assets that can be owned and, and it belongs to you. And it cannot be hacked, it cannot be changed, it cannot be modified in any way. So it's protected. And I think once upon a time, you know, we for for a very long time, we lived in a world where, you know, JPEGs, pixels were free for all. But now we've entered a time when we're actually able to safeguard these creations from for artists, for brands, for whoever, for individuals. And we're able to put a true monetary value um, against these digital goods, which in the long run could be actually really great because as we move into what the metaverse will be, and as a lot of people are starting to talk about web free as well, where it's going to be decentralized, um, it's going to be about the creator economy. And if you're creating things, you don't want it just to be out there and free for everyone. You want to have some level of ownership, but at the same time, perhaps you create something and someone takes it and hacks it, modifies it and turns it to something else. Um, and there's an evolution of that in some form. Um, but ultimately, you're able to safeguard what you've 
initially created. Let's discuss some potential downsides for the food sector attempting to expand their reach by the the metaverse. Is it um, is it expensive for them to do it? Is it expensive for for consumers? Um, I mean, that's <laughs> is a question that is a bit like how long is a piece of string? Um, like, how involved do they want to be in the metaverse? And I think it might help um, by understanding a little bit what the metaverse is. Um, because I think there's a lot of question marks around uh, what it is. And I think every company, every tech company particularly, have a slightly different interpretation. Um, you know, so really the um, metaverse at its core is an extension of our lives that's powered by technology. Um, where it exists right now is a series of virtual worlds that are persistent, reactive, and social. Um, where it will be heading um, eventually is where these virtual worlds will be interconnected. So you can have one version of yourself, one avatar that goes between Fortnite, Roblox, uh, Wendyverse or wherever it may be. You don't need to keep creating these new versions of yourself. And ultimately where the metaverse in the future will be heading towards is a uh, interconnection between our physical and virtual worlds really coming together so at the moment it seems exclusively virtual um, but really we want to be moving into a place where you're hearing more stuff such as um, augmented reality mixed reality these types of technology will be helping push the future of the metaverse, where we can bring up digital overlays within our physical worlds. Um, so again, it depends on the investment. If a brand just wants to keep create a, a virtual space um, that is based on something that exists and they just want to put their branding on, there might be a very low investment. If they just want to create a series of NFTs, perhaps not a very high investment there either. However, if they want to think of a long-term strategy, if they want to actually think about how they can bring these virtual um, attributes into the real world, there may be a lot more long-term investment and uh, money that's being fueled into this. And we're seeing a lot of companies already doing that. What other challenges can the metaverse solve for the specifically for the food and drink sector? I'm thinking uh, food deserts, uh, can it quash logistical problems uh, we've talked a bit about sort of virtual loyalty programs um uh, is this all correct are there any others you can identify so one thing that the one another aspect of the metaverse is uh looking at digital twins and i know a lot of companies are helping um uh, brands create digital twins of their factories so by creating a digital twin of their factory, they're able to run certain logistics and carry out certain production and play it out in the digital world first before needing to spend money on um, employing more people or uh, certain equipment and parts um, in the real world. So stuff like this is already happening and has been happening for some time, but it's becoming more sophisticated. And I think the metaverse is allowing this high level sophistication of three-dimensional digital technology being used in a way that can be as lifelike 
um, as you you kind of want and need it to be. So that could be an example of how we can help a lot of food and beverage uh, industries kind of think about logistics in the real world. There's a lot of connection being made by um, thinking about how the digital can influence the physical world. Um, so if we focus on uh, virtual assets, for example, a lot of, uh, there's one expert who has been talking about how digital possessions uh, will have a huge impact on the physical world. And what they mean by that is in the future, a lot of uh, new ideas or new drops can be made in the virtual world first to almost get an idea of consumer appetite, what they're interested in, before you actually go and launch and create something in the physical world. So that, for example, makes me think of sustainability. You're not creating something physical for the sake of it and hoping people will buy it. Um, instead, you're actually being a lot more mindful of it and, and the metaverse uh, or these digital products can almost be like a testing ground um, before we we translate it for the real world. So I think there's a lot of synergy between the virtual and physical world. So when, whenever we speak to our clients, we try to talk about not creating something in the metaverse for the sake of being part of it, is trying to create something that's a bit more thoughtful and mindful and actually could be helpful for people. Um, and we often say there's a time and place for the metaverse and there's a time and place when you want to do something in the real world. Um, so that's why I keep talking about um, the two places influencing one another and having an impact on one another. So it's not excluding one, um, but actually perhaps when you're building within the metaverse or building for the metaverse, um, you're also thinking about how it can impact your physical lives. Um, whether it can solve larger logistics, there's a lot of hope and promise that we um, have learned from our consumer survey when we uh, fielded it earlier this year, where people do think there's a lot of hope within the metaverse, that it can be the future, um, that it will really impact our lives and that it can be offer a more inclusive place for people to be part of. Um, but of course, it is down to brands to be more thoughtful and actually lead the charge in this case. Um, so we don't want to fall into the trap that we have with a lot of uh, our, our you know, issues that we're having in the um, digital world already with you know, privacy concerns, online bullying, um, uh, you know, cyber security issues. So if we're at the moment with the metaverse, we're at the infancy, that we're at the very beginning of it, and it's still being shaped. So if brands are actually able to help shape it in a sort of ethical way and thoughtful, inclusive, representative, all these words, all these things that we would like to create um, as a society, and we're able to do that for the metaverse from day one, um, that would be the ideal ask. But there's challenges to it because, um, you know, quite often this is an ask that's not so simple. <laughs> We're asking brands to actually think of humanity and society um, rather than just think about their products. Um, but we're also at a time when this is what people want from brands. Um, so the w brands that will lead will be thinking about all of these um, key societal needs uh, straight away.
and I think you've asked one of my my, my questions there because I asked, uh, are those who are hesitant about the metaverse going to end up looking foolish or sensible? And you only made the point that all this is in its infancy. So I guess, you know, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I guess your answer will be something like, make sure you have a plan before you do anything, right? Well, in our survey that we ran in March uh, of this year, when we asked people which industries do they think will be impacted by the metaverse, um, across the board, they think every single industry will be impacted. So for food and drink specifically, uh, 76% of people think restaurant and bars will be impacted by the metaverse, and 74% think the food and drink industry, such as items bought in store or supermarket, will be impacted by the metaverse. So if brands already have a digital presence, it makes sense for them to also um, continue and expand on this digital presence by, you know, venturing into the metaverse. Really, the metaverse, if I took the word metaverse out and you're learning about all these new digital ventures, it's just an evolution of technology as we know it. So why wouldn't brands want to enhance people experiences? Um, so I would say it's important for brands to be part of the metaverse, be experimenting in the metaverse, but also think of long term impacts, think of people's needs of why something is is there in the first place or why you want this type of interaction. Um, and as you mentioned, yes, have a long term plan in place. Let's have some more examples of the food and drink sector leveraging the metaverse opportunity. Here's Andrew Wardlaw, Chief Ideas Officer at the agency MMR Research. He believes that as private labels steal a march on them, partly thanks to rising inflationary pressures, brands need to change the way they engage with consumers. The metaverse is one such tactic. It's about being present in, in places where people are congregated, really virtual spaces um, and I think it it plays to this idea of um, brand saliency and uh, physical availability almost because you're being seen in a space um, and I think from a brand marketer's point of view it is about thinking around how can I have spin-off experiences around my brand in the metaverse which is essentially you know one big gaming area where people hang out using avatars and they will have experiences in the metaverse. They might go to a Super Bowl game. They might go to a restaurant and look at a menu. They might go to a bar and brands can have digital assets in that space. So it might be that as a beer brand, you create a whole universe of different um labeling for your um brand i think budweiser did it recently so budweiser was invented in 1936 i think so they invented 1936 different iterations of the budweiser can in the metaverse people could buy into those digital assets they could actually own them and once you own them you have the rights to them. You could actually sell them on and make money. Um, but essentially, that initiative was a way of the Budweiser brand augmenting its 
branded experience in a digital space by 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 being creative and creating all these additional um, identities for its can. Can the metaverse do anything else apart from apart from that? Just using these kind of experiences to attract business, essentially. I think brands can use the metaverse to um, build their um, awareness and um, create that um, appetite for for purchase and then create seamless links to online stores where where physical products can actually be bought. So I think it can also be a driver for online sales and adding that impulsive dynamic, which often is a challenge for e-commerce where people tend to be, you know, they're not walking past fixtures that they may not have thought about, but in the metaverse, they can walk past a product that they or stumble on something that they didn't expect to see. And that, that is almost replicating the impulsive experience in a physical store, isn't it? And and the metaverse can, can be, a, I think, I don't see this written much, but I do believe that from what I've seen, what brands are doing, um, it's a way of um, rocking up in people's lives <laughs> when they weren't expecting it. Give me some more examples of, of what brands are doing then. Hellman's created an island within um, the domain of a, a gaming application. And through interaction with this, this island, uh, Hellman's actually made donations to, you know, a sustainability charity, et cetera. And, and, and the message really was about that, you know, no food should go to waste. Um, so again, this was a, an island in a, in a game which people visited. Um, and there was a brand message about sustainability for Unilever as a result. So, you know, I, I think whatever the brand, whether it's mayonnaise or a high-end spirit, it's an opportunity for brands to work with their creative agencies to find out how they can play meaningfully in a digital space in ways that augment brand experiences. And of course, and I talk a lot about the expansion of the experience economy to everyday goods and services whether it's a cleaning spray or a chocolate bar people are looking for that elevated sensorial experience in real life but in digital terms i think the metaverse is the answer because it creates a platform for creatives to be particularly creative around a brand world um, making it relevant to younger generations you know i think gen alpha is going to be that generation that completely understands the metaverse and how was the world ever there without it? Um, and, and they will see value in digital experiences as we see value in physical experiences. And just, just to be sure, just to be clear, uh, Gen Alfred is the one... Coming up behind coming Gen up Z, yes. Gen Z, we don't yeah. have to worry about them yet, but they're on course for being you know, metaverse-friendly. Is the metaverse and the internet in general leaving us all overstimulated and downgrading our ability to concentrate is this a threat to the ability of companies to build i talk about this a lot and 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 there is lots of evidence i i sometimes cite professor david uh levy at the university of washington who has studied the digital age and its impact on people's brains he's basically saying that it's it's rewiring our brains to seek out stimulation all the time even when we're offline he talks about 
us going around with popcorn brains that are seeking those higher levels of stimulation. So yes, that affects brands' ability to uh, be noticed um, because it is having an impact on um, people's attention span. We're always looking for something new. We're, we're tuning out of videos. You know, we may have lost half our, half our listeners already, <laughs> but those that have stayed, it's um, getting more unusual because we seek out something new. And this is where the metaverse could actually provide some opportunities for brands because it is a platform for where, you know, new ideas, new new ideas for product design, uh, labeling, um, and, you know, things such as the Hellman's Island in a game or a, a sudden pop-up bar in, in another game. It's, it's allowing brands to lay on the new you know, to cater for consumers who are always looking for something new to, to, you know, respond to their appetite for. How does this all play out in a cost of living crisis? We've all seen a scary headline this morning about inflation at kind of 40 year high. Does this mean companies, consumers won't be willing to invest in these kind of new experiences? Or will they want to pay slightly more to be lifted in in in, a, in such hard times yeah <laughs> cost of living crisis or not the metaverse is not going away um and you know you and i are getting our heads around this thing and we're not alone and as more brands become familiar as their agencies start you know talking to their paymasters the brands about you know we need to be we need a, we we need a metaverse strategy i cannot believe any ad agency working with any brand right now is not thinking what is our metaverse strategy so yes i think the opportunity is to create uh, you know to create those additional spin off experiences around a brand even a jar of mayonnaise um in ways that are meaningful I caught up with one brand keen to explore the potential of the metaverse. Perfected, which sells matcha-powered energy drinks, has purchased a virtual plot in the metaverse as an augmented reality experience, where its customers will soon be able to purchase its products virtually and receive them in real life. Co-founder Levi Levenfisch tells me more. We're not just direct-to-consumer. We're not solely focused on e-com or metaverse commerce as I'll come on to in a moment but we definitely do see it as a part of our business that I think you have to be invested in e-com specifically but also as um, as the future of of commerce we don't think bricks and mortar are going away but um, we, we do believe in, in what the metaverse is offering so our, our journey with the metaverse is an interesting one with three uh, pretty young founders we're all millennials so we're all tech savvy in in some sense that said um, there are still some things on my iPhone that my 16 year old brother knows how to do better than me, but we're all pretty tech savvy and we, we're all, you know, interested in tech uh, and we're all e-commerce or uh, e-commerce users ourselves. And the metaverse is kind of what well, it's been around as a concept for a very long time. It's obviously received a lot of attention in the last year or so. Um, and that's probably an offshoot of all of the interest in cryptocurrency, but we, we were thinking about the space and um, as it relates to COVID and people not being able to go out and immersing themselves in alternative worlds, whether it's video games um, or you know, metaverse type experiences, we wanted to be able to offer our consumers um, an immersive shopping experience 
outside of just traditional bricks and mortar and outside of our traditional web page or Amazon Dakota UK. Um, so we, you know, we looked at the different options. To be honest, I found um, the Sandbox and I found Decentraland and some of the other metaverses and there's so many out there right now and more and more every day, but we found them quite clunky. Um, and as an emerging food and bed brand, a growing brand, a young brand, we didn't necessarily want to a, invest in the time and um, the effort to, to necessarily buy and build out a plot, which can be expensive. You know, plots can be £10,000 plus. Um, that £10,000 can be used for traditional marketing or for stock or for hiring. So as, as a young business, you have to be conscious of, of how it affects your, your cost structure. Um, but we, we did find um, a really interesting use case, which was a free option, which I find to be much more accessible for the average um, internet user. When you say clunky, what do you what do you mean? I just haven't found the metaverse experience to be overly intuitive for the average person. Um, and you know, as I mentioned, it's been it's quite an expensive investment to really uh, join and build in, say, the sandbox or Decentraland. And we we came across a, a really interesting platform called Spatial. Um, Spatial.io is the platform. And what I liked about it is you could simply log in with your Gmail account. Within five minutes, you're in um, and you can understand it. And what I liked about it is it's not necessarily like you're building a plot in a wider universe. You're building your own room. So what we've started building out in Spatial is um, an immersive consumer platform that allows you to enter, navigate, um, and it's all perfect head branded. Um, you're not walking down a digital street with you know, a, you know, a Pepsi advert on the left and a Coke advert on the right, and then a Tesla, a digital Tesla shop up front. It's all perfect head branded. We were able to control um, and curate the consumer experience. Yeah, so we wanted it to be a little bit different to the traditional website. Um, and we also wanted it to be a little bit different to uh, what it would be like walking into any of our, um, you know, grocery stores. So you walk in, to each each flavor of our drink has a dedicated room and each room is as wacky as the next and outer worldly um, and it's created so it's related to that flavor so for example um the pineapple yuzu flavor which is um which is one of our drink flavors that world much like the drink is entirely tropical so as soon as you and you, and you don't have to wear a headset to go in which is another reason i like it you can just go in from your computer. So as soon as you enter, there are you got you're on a, a deserted island, and it's all perfect head branded. And there's pineapples, and there's you know oversized yuzu fruits, and you feel like you're almost in parts of the Caribbean, and the, and and the whole consumer experience is curated. Um, there are QR codes all over the place, and I think we've all got pretty used to QR codes throughout the pandemic. We're trying to create a reality TV show almost out of the brand. So every time you go on our Instagram and you should all check us out, it's at perfect.ted, you'll see um, really unique videos, founder content, um, things that are sometimes completely unrelated to the drinks, but we're trying to build fans of the brand as opposed to just consumers. We don't want our consumers just to be consuming our drinks and forgetting about us. We want them to feel part of the family, part of the experience, and we want, want them to open up their Instagram, have a look at our page, um, and be excited to look at our content as opposed to just seeing a drink and saying, oh yeah, maybe I'll try it. We want to feel part of the family. You, you ask what can the metaverse do beyond just be a cool marketing hack or 
making us relevant as a brand. Um, I see it as an extension of e-commerce. As I mentioned, you won't be buying our products directly in the metaverse. You'll be taken out using a link to our website or the website of our partners. Um, but it's, it, it kind of plays into the entire e-com story, which um, also has a supply chain element. So if you look at QCOM platforms like GoPuff, Getir, Zap, Gorillas, they're kind of the future of, of food and beverage, that 10 minute, 20 minute delivery. Um, and they're helping drive efficiency in supply chain by bringing all of um, the contents of your basket under a single warehouse. Um, so I think if metaverse adoption increases um, and we can get more people in the metaverse, not just in you know, perfect head uh, matchiverses, which, which is what we're calling it, but also just better metaverse adoption more broadly, I think it will feed into e-com adoption too and help improve supply chains across the board. Any downsides to this? Any challenges you've identified which you're trying to rectify? Um, I think the challenge is, is that um, people um, are apprehensive to you know join um, a vision and, and, and get into the metaverse and explore. Um, that's, that's really the only downside. I think another upside, which I didn't mention, is as, as you improve the e-com figures, you can both reduce waste because of better supply chains, but you can also get better customer data. Um, you can do, you know, you, you can plan supply chains better. Um, for example, if I go on Ocado right now, they'll know what I'm ordering next week before I do because they've got my data and they understand my uh, ordering trends and they can predict that and that in turn can help them um, predict how they can, uh, you know, organize their own supply chain. So I think there's a ton of benefits you know, one downside is that it's an asset class, which I think people are extremely uneducated about. Um, when I say asset class, I mean, people are investing in the metaverse, um, not just their life savings, but, you know, they're in, in institutional investors who don't understand um, the metaverse. I'm not saying that I do, but I think people are quite bullish on it um, because there is hype. Um, and I guess one downside of the metaverse is that it's very easy in a sense to invest in but it's an extremely volatile asset class. So I would just warn people before they make an investment in a metaverse, whether it's buying a plot in the sandbox or others, um, just be wary that that investment is extremely volatile and you may lose your money and it's, it, it probably moves in similar ways to crypto. I do think we're just at the very, very beginning of adopting this technology. Um, and it's the same way that we had mail order catalogs and now we have e-commerce and people were all scared about e-commerce at the time. Um, I think there'll be increased adoption, increased education around the metaverse for, for years to come. And I think it will be a staple of, um, of consumerism 10 years from now. That's it for this episode. See you next time.